Valentine's Day, we present to you a show about keeping your relationship hot. A show about flexibility and, when all else fails, bringing toys in the bedroom to spice up your life. Your house and pickup truck will be a rockin' when we're done with you on this knockin' episode of WatchBots. Welcome to WatchBots. This is Benchual, huh? your host with the most. Love. And I'm joined by <laughs> Shailen. Hello. The little engine that could. <laughs> and by uh, the new Anne Rice, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, just... Sexy, sexy vampire lit. Mm-hmm. Mm, just, just flowing out of my fingertips. There are many kinds of love in the world. I don't know if you guys were aware of that. Platonic, mm-hmm. sexual. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two. And with that in mind, I'd like to spend a moment speaking about America's greatest love affair, mm-hmm. Metallica. Go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of. Uh, exactly what you're going to talk about but maybe you should you know elucidate for the for the listeners absolutely yeah james and lars and kirk they've had a torrid relationship over the years a lot of blow-ups a lot of things like that of late chalen and i have been watching metallica some kind of monster and i say of late and watching it like it's a series because it's a two and a half hour documentary and we don't have that kind of time um, <laughs> isn't it like 10 years old too uh, yeah, yeah maybe maybe more yeah <laughs> but listeners if you like a good music documentary or you like a good cringe fest i highly recommend to you metallica some kind of monster it was filmed over a period of three years because james hetfield went to rehab for six months and then it took them like a year additionally to record an album which seems slow didn't he lose his voice because of alcoholism or whatever he went to rehab for Mm. wasn't that was that him or is that someone else i think you're thinking of someone else based on what we've seen so far of Mm -hmm. this documentary he appears to be talking normally in the documentary okay 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 but so there's no reason why it took a year to produce this album well it's because he's a princess (laughs) (laughs) that's not at all i'm just saying Every time he doesn't get exactly what he's looking for, or anytime someone provides critique, not even criticism, just critique, or when someone says, I have this good idea, or I have an idea I want to run by you, his response is, that's bullshit, and you're not as good as me, and then he star- storms out of the room, mm, can it, you, like repeatedly. Can you do the rest of the episode in your spectacular? <laughs> no. It was really good. James Hatfield. It was not yeah. good, and that's okay. 
I thought you nailed it. I was like, fuck, is that James? Is that is that Hetfield himself? <laughs> fuck. Gosh, little baby, don't say a word. No, it's really oh, bad. Oh, boy, no, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> the give me fuel, sub- <laughs> give me fire, but don't critique my music. <laughs> the weirdest subplot of the movie is the hour and a half that they spend just talking about the history of their addition to the Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack. what album are they recording for it throughout this documentary ah why of course saint anger oh yes saint anger the very underproduced or it sounds underproduced album i believe nothing about it is under nope yeah it just but it sounds it's it sounds good. like garbage. Uh, Saint Anger yeah. is maybe one of the worst songs I've ever heard in my life. But the whole album is terrible. So the documentary, it's it's fun even if you're not a Metallica fan. They have a like a therapist. It it feels <laughs> the movie feels fake, right? Yeah, they they yeah. hire a psychotherapist to help them get through their issues. That sounds As like a band. wrestling skit. It in fact has been a wrestling skit maybe three or four times. <laughs> yeah, but th- eventually the you know the therapist ingratiates himself with the band and he's showing up at recordings and then they turn on the therapist it's just this weird mess of a film but and it's a delight oh my god it's really good set aside an evening or four or five as shailen and i have (laughs) get yourself some metallica now why are you watching it piece by piece you guys just too tired or is it like too much to handle you have to like pause it every 20 minutes and like unwrap what the hell you just watched that's a great question, Dave, and I'm so glad that you asked. Thank you. Before I answer, though, I just want to make a quick digression. Little Caesars, to promote the new Batman movie, has the Bat Manny Calzone. Yes. So it's yeah. a Calzone in the shape of Batman. Full review coming next episode. Anyway, <laughs> so to get back to your question, Dave, about why we're watching it in small chunks, it's because we have a lot of things going on. You mm-hmm. know? I can't set aside two and a half hours when I need to play a video game or tend to a child or lay and stare into the middle distance. The best was last night we were starting to get to a point where it seemed like stuff was going to happen and like people were swearing and there was about to be like a, a thing. And then we just heard our son's door click and they went, are you still awake? I need someone cool to come snuggle me. And then he went, I'm really angry with you. <laughs> and it was very melodic. Yeah, so that was that's, that was that's the wonderful. end of it for the night. Did you say I need someone cool to cuddle? Is that what you said? I need <laughs> someone to come snuggle. And me. who was there? But Big Daddy Cool himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me. That's what I thought you said. I was like, what does that mean? Like someone cold? Like is he hot? Like what? No. What? Yes, no. I said, what I lucky said. for you, little buddy. You got the chillest motherfucker around right here. <laughs> I just watched a couple minutes of James Hetfield. I'm pretty fucking cool. I mean, by comparison, sure. everyone is very cool. It's a good study of the times, though. There's uh, weird facial hair, like string bead necklaces. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That must be like mid-2000s? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's okay. the time frame. So. so in high school, I had a Metallica sticker on my, my car. and <laughs> Cool. Go on. Yeah, I was a cool guy. <laughs> but- so I came out of high school or uh, of school one day and there was this asshole scratching my car. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, Metallica sucks, man. And Dave I was like, must stay forever. And I was like, what? 
why are you scratching my car, though? And he's like, they fucking ruined Napster, man. And I was like, you're destroying my car. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. What is going on right now? And everybody just stared at this kid like, why are you scratching his car? <laughs> why, why is this so important to you? It was wild. Your I, emotions I, are severely misplaced. Yes, yeah. Maybe... You know, go to the Supreme Court with this. You know, you're you're that hurt by this. Like, I don't know. Like, the, leave my car alone. I have a shitty bumper sticker that I bought at Spencer's Gifts. Was the perpetrator perhaps a star of the social network per- portraying Sean Parker, Justin Timberlake? It was. Okay, it was. Yeah, I went to was... I went to school with JT. Yeah. Real, real wild kid back then. Yeah, it yeah. seems as if you know this guy felt justified. Um, <laughs> <laughs> perhaps it was the inspiration for. You know, <laughs> he, let's just say let's just say he was overcome with saint anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He told you to cry him a river. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I knew that person in that music video looked familiar. You know, speaking of broken love, <laughs> um, <laughs> we're in the the Valentine season here, and usually around holidays because we're complete hacks. We come up with with cartoons to fit the theme, and tonight we're talking about maybe the most romantic cartoon that's ever existed. Uh-huh. You know, pe- people will say, "Oh, heavy metal's so sexy," or "Felix the Cat, meow." But no, nay, no. In fact, tonight we're talking about everybody's flexible little boy, uh, Gumby. And Shailen, this is a you pick. It sure is. You know. Yeah. I want to know what the score is. Feeling amorous. <laughs> I will also point out our target audience is roughly from age twenty-five to Kendall, and yet you <laughs> picked us a cartoon from the nineteen fifties. I sure did. Mm-hmm. So, because you were you were raising your own children back then. <laughs> Who told you I'm immortal? Yeah. Gumby holds. A special place in my heart for many reasons. We had a lot of episodes on video when I was a kid on VHS. My sister hated Gumby, and for that reason, I loved it. It was a real love affair, if you will. And I specifically remembered this episode. It messed me up as a kid, and I couldn't put words to why. And as an adult, I have found many of the words. But there's nothing that says, I love you. Like a best friend helping you fuck up your life real, real bad. Like Pokey does in this episode. I, f- I feel like I'm being attacked right now. No. <laughs> it's like American Pie. Yeah. It's more like the, like we'll get into it, but Pokey is essentially Satan in this cartoon. Oh, uh, okay. And it happens like frequently. <laughs> is this why it's this just... cartoon fucked you up? Are these the words that you needed to find? It's part of them. There's other stuff. Like as we talk about the episode, then I'm gonna I'm gonna interject and Ben's gonna get really irritated because I'm gonna go too deep into it for him, but it is fine. Um but this actually, you know, we joke around about like SEO and stuff. Have you guys seen <laughs> So you picked Gumby to just ensure <laughs> Have you it, seen it, look, okay. we're on the precipice of the Gumby Zeitgeist, man. <laughs> Ron Gone Wrong. Oh Ron yeah. Wrong. All every day. So Ron Gone Wrong is a newer Disney cartoon mm-hmm. that is it's technology fucking you over. And I when I watched okay. it with our kid, I was like, wait, I've seen this before. I've seen technology fuck over the world real bad. And then I 
I, this was, can it brought I, me back. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Which might sound mean. Go ahead. Do you know what SEO is? <laughs> <laughs> That's not how that works. No, I think that we can come up with hashtags that fit in. What you're saying is a train of thought. Okay. <laughs> when I when I attempt to log back into Instagram, I still need you to reset that password. Then uh, I, can, I can do some sweet, sweet cross-pollination. <laughs> I fear... F- if if you ever showed me how you Google, I'm I I fear that day. Like it just, just just based on your understanding of SEO and search engines, it's it's a frightening prospect. I can find that connective tissue and put that shit together. I've done it in blogs. I can't wait. This whole episode is a herald. At the end, you're going to come up with just like the perfect string of words that it's like, how the fuck? Did you do it? Yeah, at the end, you'll be like, and that's why James Hetfield is Gumby. So Gumby is a creation of who some would call the immortal Art Cloakey. I I just named him the immortal. He was born Arthur Charles Farrington, the son of a music man, went to film school. He's an artist and a filmmaker. You might remember some of his student films. Gumbasia, Mandala, The Clay Peacock. I remember all the porn versions of that. (laughs) Yeah, The Clay Peacock was... The Clay Peacock. Bleh. Clay, <laughs> clay Peacock. Bleh. Say it five times fast. I'm not going to do that. Play. Bleh. You see, I can't do it one time he fast. Said, clay bleh. Peacock. Clay Peacock. No. Clay Peacock. Clay Peacock. Clay Peacock. Red leather. Yellow leather. <laughs> uh, Gumby. You might also know Art Cloakey from his second most famous creation. Although I would argue, probably more known at this point, Davy and Goliath, mm-hmm. the Lutheran mm-hmm. claymation cartoon. I'm just saying his official biography on his Wikipedia page said that Gumby was the most well-known. So if you don't know Gumby, first of all, get the fuck out of here. We don't want you. Yeah. But let me describe Gumby's physical traits. He's a little boy with no bones, humongous legs that look like bell bottoms, a green body, a flat body, and like a slanty head. It's weird. He's what a child would make out of clay. Is that what he is? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Hmm. I read on the internet that he was inspired by the gingerbread man, and Art Cloakey made him green because green, of course, is a racially neutral color and also the symbol of life. I saw that. I thought that was really nice. And he modeled Gumby's slanted head to look like his grandfather's hairstyle. Just a nice little nod to his, you know, to his family. Had his grandfather lost half of his head in the Pacific Theater? I don't know. That's what I read on Wikipedia. Interesting. Interesting. It's possible. Maybe, I, I'm assuming it was like some sort of farm accident. Like that's those happened a lot back then. Yeah, threshers or or some such. Yeah, yeah. Like a, a pitchfork like got a quarter of his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe when he was born, he was like Noah from the Grapes of Wrath, and they had to like smoosh his head to fit him to be born. Oh, that could be it. The force. Yeah, it's just like someone's like it's just like a handprint. Yeah. On his skull. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, you can't just have one nightmare character. Gumby needs no. pals. Mm-hmm. So we have so many pals. Pokey, the orange pony. He's Gumby's best friend. You had his parents, just the wonderfully named Gumba and Gumbo. You had the blockheads, a whole cast of characters. His girl, Goo. <laughs> girl, Goo. <laughs> Shout out to his girl, Goo. That's right. <laughs> Hashtag girl, Goo. The precursor to Grogu, perhaps Grogu's mother. Ooh, oh. maybe. Ooh. Think about it's that. It's all connected. Think about that. 
the voice of Gumby was not a child as you would expect. And when we play some clips of this later, you'll be shocked and horrified. The voice of Gumby was a 40-year-old man named Dallas McKinnon, who would go on to voice this character for, oh, 40 years. 150,000 years. <laughs> so he was voicing him when he was 80 years old? Yes. Whoa. Ish. That's wild. I didn't that grab is, the exact dates. That is career longevity right there. Mm-hmm. It's You don't need a retirement fund when you work till you die. No, no, true enough. Um, and I'll tell you, all these millennials and gig workers. <laughs> I mean, this guy was the first hustle. You know, he was the first hustler, right? <laughs> he's, he's rising Spoon and grinding, day. rising and gumbying. So the story of Gumby, the folks behind the Howdy Doody show, everybody's favorite, had seen Gumbasia, and they thought that there was some, you know, commercial potential there. So they told Art Cloakey, get some shit together, get some shorts. And also uh, make some cartoons. He mm-hmm. just he just looked warm in the meeting, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it was it's, super sunny out. Like, yeah. just tan those legs, man. It's humid. Wool pants, no good. So he made a few shorts for Howdy Doody. They went over well. And from there, he got the how, the Gumby show. So the Gumby show is half the cartoon. So we're only talking about the cartoon portion. But there was weird variety stuff for the other half. Uh, we'll say akin to a, a Bozo the Clown, perhaps. Mm. Everybody's favorite. No. Somehow, there were 130 episodes of The Gumby Show (laughs) uh, between 1956 or 57 and 1968. All of them credited as being directed and written by Art Clokey, who I'm starting to think might have been a bit of a megalomaniac. Maybe a little. Just putting it out there. Who makes you say that? (laughs) Soul credits. Everything's like a Clokey production. I don't know. I I just think like he's putting his mark on his work. That's fine. Mm. He's like he's like the Banksy of claymation. <laughs> what a title to have! But <laughs> Gumby was was groundbreaking. Not so much for his animation technique, which as we will talk about, are shockingly poor. But nobody had ever made a cartoon before, so there was no much better measuring sticks to measure Gumby against. Makes sense. It was the first of its kind. Cartoons had literally not existed before 1956 or 1957. Hmm. Not a one. Not a one. Not a one. Interesting. So after 1968, Gumby was shown in reruns, but largely dormant until the mid-80s when, of all things, Saturday Night Live brought the character back to prominence. (laughs) Uh, Eddie Murphy portrayed Gumby many times. You know, the the bit was when the camera was off, he didn't like anybody. He was a little cranky guy. Different than Gumby's on-air personality. It's a good bit. A great bit. Dave, what's your thought on the bit? I love the bit. Good bit. Good bit. Yeah, it's a great bit. <laughs> so from there, the world said, we need more Gumby. And so as if the 130 existing Gumby stories weren't enough, Cloakie made another 99 uh, under the name The Gumby Adventures. And Gumbania was truly in action because we also got the Gumby album. So it's an album with songs about Gumby. My family had that. Maybe the only album in history to feature songs by both Dweezil and Munyunit Zappa. Zappa? Zappa. Zappa. Jeez. <laughs> as well as Frank Sinatra. What? Junior. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Got you, Dave. And Harry Connick. Senior. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Hope Floats. Right <laughs> 
<laughs> Senior. So I'm really enjoying this run through of, of the history of Gumby uh-huh. and like not saying anything because you're like sweating just trying to make this sound interesting. It's really it is good. interesting. Um, it's not your junior. And Shailen, I wonder, did you pick this because you wanted to do this to us? No, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. But it, okay. it's funny in practice. It didn't occur to me until like around three o'clock this afternoon that there was going to have to require this much buildup. And I'm sorry for that, Ben. <laughs> it's my favorite thing uh, when you when you pick an episode. I'm like, did Sheila do this on purpose? I mean, I do a lot of things on purpose, but not that specific thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But good news for us and good news is for the listeners that we're just, we're getting fucking started here. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Because back to Gumbania. Mm-hmm. A young author saw Gumby, the Gumby Adventures, and listened to the Gumby album, was inspired, <laughs> made a book around the character, which was later turned into a movie. We would know it better as Forrest Gum. E. <laughs> <laughs> Another young author saw Gumby, was inspired by the flexibility and fluidity, and decided to put him in his latest book, The Silence of the Lambs. Of course, I'm talking about Jane Gumb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very yeah. fluid. <laughs> Could tilt his body, et cetera, et cetera. He kept, t- he kept tucking it in. <laughs> yeah, just like Gumby. Folding in on himself. Mm-hmm. It was very strange. Yeah. I'd Gumby. <laughs> I'd Gumby so hard. <laughs> no, folks, I'm just kidding. The man, the little spice and flavor. Those last two stories oh, are not man. true. You might be shot to hear. But what is true is that there was Gumby the movie. This is really the culmination of the whole Gumby tale. It was made and produced by Art Clokey in 1992, but not released until 1995. Always a good sign for your, <laughs> your feature production. They're, they're written for the right moment. It's true. Yeah. And you know what? The right moment was in October 1995. And to put things in context a little bit here, Nightmare Before Christmas, a claymation film, big success in 1993, $91.5 million. Toy Story 1, groundbreaking computer animation. Came out just a few weeks later in 95, 373 million. Gumby the movie. One had billion a performance dollars. <laughs> such much, just as astonishing at $57,100. Whoa. <laughs> so it took, it, it was a while before Avengers Endgame toppled it in the box office charts. That's true. Yeah. Uh, about a quarter second would be my guess. Yeah. Give or take. And now inflation being what it is, who's to say? What $57,000 means today. I but. think it's about $58,000. <laughs> on if you have it in a savings account or like a CD yeah, yeah, or yeah. a Roth IRA. Yeah, that's true. Are you are you getting just that incremental interest or are you, you know, is it really aggressive? Who knows? I only, Recompounding that interest? I only invest know. in crypto now. Hashtag diamond hands. Ugh. If you're hip, you know. If you know, you know, folks. This show's now about Dogecoin. Gross. <laughs> Dogecoin. Love it. Now, a couple of quick reviews here about Gumby the movie. I feel like this is important. One reviewer from the Los Angeles Times said, tired and listless. <laughs> Here's a quote from Common Sense Media. <laughs> the animation in this feature film edition might feel old-fashioned and clumsy. The story bland and simplistic. It's slow going, not terribly funny, and it's repetitive. Still, it has a quirky charm that kids respond to especially the grown-up kids who are longtime fans and enjoy the memories that repeat viewings will provide. Happy Valentine's Day. Sort of a 
shit on one end, shit on the other end kind of review there. It's a sandwich. Interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about any of that, okay? I don't know what, what Gumby's doing now. Gumby's fucking around somewhere. We're talking about the original Real Deal cartoon. A cartoon which TV Guide reported as the best cartoon series of the 1950s. Okay. One could, of two? Could that possibly Maybe be true? was the only one. Were standards low then? We'll, we'll find out. The episode we're talking about here is Robot Rumpus. It's from <laughs> season one. That's right, Chalen. Robot Rumpus. Robot Rumpus. Robot Rumpus. This episode may better be known because it was on a Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode for the movie The Screaming Skull. Was it? Is that why you picked this episode? I didn't even know that that was the case, so oh, no. Boy. Good good playing back. Good yes I just, there. I, I just thought for sure that's why you picked it, because you're a big MSK3 fan. Like, mm-hmm. I guess not. The thing we do know, though, for sure, is that this episode aired on July 20th, 1956. I sure wish I had some context for that time. What would James Hetfield say if he were here? He would he would announce that the cartoon sucked. So no, no, let's no, not get his no, opinion. No, 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 no. The answer is give me fuel, <laughs> give me context, give me that which I desire. See, now that's a good response. Now, Shailen. Try it again. We're all amateurs here. The no. key to getting a little thing going here. Is I if don't I know the lyrics from Metallica you, songs. You say yes and. <laughs> not, False. No. I'm not going to lie to our listeners, Ben. Not even for a joke. Ben, we're going to try this. I don't care. I know this. I think the reason Shailen picked an 11-minute episode was so that we could really dive into these bits. No, that's not true. <laughs> oh. I guess I'll just play the song. Ooh, what were we seeing? It's contextual feeling. All right. All right. In only context matters. 1956, huge year. IBM made the first hard disk. It's a big deal. So this humble show you're listening to right now would simply not exist were it not for that hardworking scientist in 1956. Unless someone in 1957 or 58 ripped that idea No, that's not true. (laughs) Now, yeah, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess because I've seen Back to the Future a lot. This was a big year for wearing 3D glasses in public. (laughs) Yes. It might have been, except the top movies were Ten Commandments and oh. Lust for Life, the Iggy Pop biopic. What? Yeah. This is a big year for manure getting dumped on your enemies. Maybe. <laughs> and on your TV Similarly, <laughs> it was a big year for nonstick pans where T-Fowl invented the first ever nonstick pan in 1956. Huh. We're talking about pans here. It's It's good. Is that why that, that's how Gumby's able to slide so smoothly across his yard? It was the Teflon. The number one song in the land was the Gumby theme song, as we'll listen to in a moment. Number two was also just pretty much everything Elvis did. This okay. was Elvis's big breakout year. And that's why you picked this Gumby show because Elvis is erotic and it's Valentine's Day. Hell yeah. And yeah. they called his dick Gumby. Because it was green and earth friendly. <laughs> I can't speak to that, but I will say, no. I, I always wanted to <laughs> fuck Elvis Jalen. to be married by Elvis in Vegas. You wanted to be and, married and, by Elvis. By Elvis. Mm, interesting. You know, he died on the toilet. Heard that. Interesting. Heard that. Anyway, I guess Gumby. we got to get into Gumby now. So here's the theme song. Okay. 
What a bop. Simpler times when a whole entire orchestra was necessary instead of just two dudes in a synth. Mm-hmm. There's a period of time when people could be a flautist for a movie studio professionally all the time. Are you fucking kidding me? Can you imagine how good that would be? Hell yeah. <sighs> so I'm not sure based on... <laughs> Based on the way that you guys have been talking about it, I want to just confirm. You understand that Gumby is like Toy Story. Like, he's in a playroom. Yeah? Yeah, I got that. Yep. Okay. Oh, I thought it was like a fucking acid trip. And I was like, why is he riding with these I toys? just want to make sure. I'm in cloaky world, man. And I can't get out. All the colors. This is the predecessor to, to Buzz Lightyear. Okay. Is that why they waited <laughs> so long to release it? They were like, I, I, we are this studio called Pixar is working on Toy Story, which is, you know, inspired by my show. Like, let's wait. Let's wait to release the movie. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. For sure. They were trying to ride that wave. (laughs) Right. They're like, oh, man. Toy room? Toy room. And it it benefited them. They profited. Bastards did it. (laughs) It doubled their profits. (laughs) (laughs) And it doubled their fun. So, Gumby here. Let's set the scene. Like, I guess we have to because the cartoon is 11 minutes long. So <laughs> um, Gumby is mowing the lawn at his home, his family home, the Gump home. And the interesting thing about the world is it looks like Art Cloakey just took like four pieces of glass and spray painted them different colors and mm-hmm. then put them up. There's no textures anywhere. I thought it was a it's train a- table. Okay. Like in a nursery. I see. Yeah. Who puts a train uh, table in a nursery? Uh, someone in the 50s. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Negligent <laughs> parents who also buy their kids lawn darts. Like. I, Shayla, I think that's patently ridiculous. Are you yelling at me? Yeah, okay. No. <laughs> just, so they're on a train table. The thing I noticed about Gumby and his lawn mowing technique is there was a song in the early 2000s called Back That Ass Up. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Gumby is in a position where it looks like he's ready to back that ass up. He's a big, fine Gumby. <laughs> he's uh, sticking that ash right out there for the world to see. So he's mowing the lawn. He looks tired. Pokey pops up. Pokey, of course, the orange Satan horse that Shailen mentioned. That's correct. And let's meet the two of them. Hey, Gumby. Come on out and play, Gumby. That's a 40-year-old man. That's right. <laughs> That's true. There's an interesting fact that I forgot to mention in the last segment. This was out in 1956, of mm-hmm. course. The ability to speak English only happened in 1955, <laughs> which explains a lot about how everybody talks in this cartoon. They're still trying to figure out how the words sound. Yeah. What yeah. do that do to you? I don't know. <laughs> I will say, contextually, this really gave me an appreciation for why our parents' generation thinks children are dumb, because they were treated like they were stupid when they were in their like childhood. <laughs> it's like, hey, you moron kids, you'll like this, watch the clay talk. And then- the, And they did. And they did. And they liked Damn it. Damn it, they did. So- that's just a small sample of the uh, the voice pleasures to come, you guys. <laughs> a lot to do. So that's, po- that's Valentine's Day for you, those voice pleasures. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gumby is out, and he's sweating, and he's looking tired. And Pokey, instead of helping him, 
has like a, a vision of sorts. Mm-hmm. And Gumby cross dissolves into turning into a robot. And then <laughs> Gumby calls Pokey. No, I'm sorry. Pokey calls Gumby over. And if you were small, you could ride on my back. How's this? Great. Hop on. <laughs> so, so Pokey has the idea that robots could do Gumby's job. And then Gumby has to pop into a small Gumby to ride on Pokey's back. So Uh, (laughs) right here, right here is where we learn that Pokey is peddling late stage capitalism where you automate humanity for the sake of profit and the false promise of leisure. Okay. Because he's Satan. That's what's happening here. I thought Satan was a hedonist. Late stage capitalist for sure. Oh, huh. Possibly libertarian. Why would Satan want us to automate everything? Wouldn't he want us to just be harder? Or is it is it the false? Is that is it's it the, the false, false promise, promise of of rest? Okay, we're going to automate these jobs, and then you'll get to sit down. Except that we need you to stand up and do this other harder job that will take longer. Then you'll make the money. Oh, except then you have oh, to work more the hours. Then you'll get to rest. And that's the horse Satan telling us. That's that. correct. Okay. Okay. False prophet Pokey. It's an interesting theory. You know, at this moment, I paused uh, paused the YouTube video, mm-hmm. and I texted my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Mom, I'm watching Gumby right now, and it's haunting me. Did I watch this a lot as a kid? And I did. I did. Who I did? remember this. But my mom responded, maybe. And then she said, why do you ask? And she said... Why? Is it haunting you in your dreams? And I said, it will now. <laughs> it's wild. This was so scary to watch. I don't I can't believe I watched this as a kid and and like it's just even creepier now. Like <laughs> Gumby can shrink and ride on this horse and he's what they're gonna do next is wild and mm-hmm. ugh, give me the willies. I don't like it. I just want to let you guys know that the reason I picked the 10-minute segment was so that it wasn't worse on Dave. They were much longer ones, <laughs> and I was like, we need a shorter one that. for Dave. It, listeners, if this is your first time listening, well, one, I'm very sorry, and two, I have a very irrational fear of, of claymation and stop mm. motion. It doesn't sit well with me. But why? I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just like the way they move. It, it's it's off-putting. Like watching, yes, it's off-putting. It's like watching a, a, a it's like watching a creepy ghost come after you in like a strobe light. It's, it's oh, it's ugh. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's icky. It's creepy. It's, I, I have no more words. That's how I feel about caricatures. <laughs> Nobody looks like that. Why is everybody carrying a surfboard? Yeah. Nobody moves like strings are pulling their arms up and down. That doesn't happen. I'm like, what is this guy? This guy's guy's got a nine head. It's crazy. You like roller skating? Nobody's teeth are that long. Why are they all carrying ice cream cones on the beach? (laughs) Shailen, what what, uh, weird thing scares you, like animation-wise or artist-wise, art-wise? Nude eroticism. (laughs) Simpsons porn. Mm. Oh, that's true. That really weirds me out. Not into it. Fair enough. Uh, listeners, we want to hear from you what art skeeves you out. Hashtag, I know what I hate. 
<laughs> art cloaky art group, group? fart cloaky hashtag fart cloaky folks now we're about 14 seconds into the episode here so gumby is riding pokey around and i would never know that they were in a toy box because they ride by like dolls and shelves and i was like and that is same this world? scary clown over and over it's true that mm-hmm. scary clown come up, comes up a lot but pokey knows a shortcut where they're going to jump onto a trampoline over a bicycle and onto a stuffed dog that just looks at them with one unblinking eye yep and i, I call call that out for a specific reason it's because we meet the actual most important character it's not gumby That's right, folks. It's the slide whistle. The slide whistle is the true protagonist of Gumby. If this is this is Valentine's Day themed, that's that's the sound erections make. And I was going to say, just by motion, the most erotic instrument. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Second only to the trombone. Oh my oh. god! Oh, oh my goodness gracious! So they they get to Pokey's plan, which is uh, just a big batch of robots. And you know, we all know robots. We've seen Short Circuit. These are robots in like the 1950 sense. So they're all cylindrical bodies, marshmallow heads, like hooks for hands. Yeah. Air dryer vents for, uh, for arms. Mm -hmm. And they're, they have like that fun modernist aesthetic about them where like now they'd be very, they're very popular in like prints that people hang on their wall and like, right. I did a little research, which is to say I did it. I did a quick interview with my dad. Um, it took 58 uh, minutes. <laughs> a, it took 58 minutes to glean that um, those toy robots did not do what you wanted them to do. They weren't sentient. They were a letdown oh. over and over. Even so, were they 50s? marketed in a way that like they were like, it'll clean your room or something like that? It's like, look, it can walk. And it's like, well, it kind of moved a little bit, but it didn't really like walk. Mm-hmm. Oh, it can move its arms around. Uh, there was like a little... We both interviewed our parents for this for this episode. That's accurate. Should we bring our parents on to one of these episodes? No, absolutely. Um, a special Watchbots episode. My dad would be more than thrilled, and it would be our first twelve-hour episode. It and would be at this guy point. talking to this lady. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> what a panel that would be! It's oh, a good man. idea. We should we should brainstorm that later. These shows are weird. <laughs> You know, the other 1950s innovation besides parents was, of course, robots. Of course. And these robots were made of lead. And that's what led to that John Travolta movie, A Civil Action. The famous <laughs> lead robots. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a weird joke. I like uh, that movie a lot. Is uh, a John Travolta uh, canceled? <laughs> Listeners, if you've seen A Civil Action, hit us up. Watch Botspot on Twitter, hashtag John Travoltier. <laughs> and if you haven't, John Travolta <laughs> or John A. Travolta. Oh boy. So, anyway, <laughs> I like Travolta in that Saturday movie. <laughs> they put the robots into a pickup truck, which Gumby can drive despite being a small child. Gumby handles a lot of play. big equipment, which is kind of scary. So, they drive the robots around for approximately three years in real time. 
The best part of this whole sequence was the the noise that the toy truck made. What, it, it sounded what noise like did a, it make? It sounded like a Mack truck. Like mm. they, they get in the truck to drive it through the toy box and it's like. Yeah, there's some early early Foley work going on here. It's absolutely. Heavy handed. Yeah. <laughs> to me, that Mack truck sounds like one of James Hetfield's famous rip ass riffs. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Which you can hear famously on the S&M album. Shell, <laughs> <laughs> can I ask you a question? You can ask it, but I'm not going to promise an answer. If James Hetfield <laughs> made a new theme song for Gumby, what would it sound like? It would be terrible. Oh, That's such a good But what would it, how would it, how would it sound? Like, you know, is it, does it have an SNM sound? Does it, is it early Metallica, like really hard metal? Is it, is it a later Metallica kind of, you know? It would just be going, Et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Boy made out of gum, gonna <laughs> play the drums. Yeah. Gumby didn't play the drums. At least not know. in the 11 minutes that I saw. There were literally dozens of hours of Gumby. He was in a band. He, he was in a band different. later. I think in the 80s revival, he was in a band. I'm not sure what instrument he played. Okay. The Gumbots. It was, it was Gumby's grew. I don't know. His girl grew. <laughs> Hit Blue? us up. Goo. My girl grew. Now. Grew girl. Goo. Her name is Goo, girl. girl Goo. Anyway, so we've been bullshitting around for about thirty minutes here, talking about Goo, and that is still Gumby and Pokey are still in this truck, accomplishing nothing. <laughs> um, finally, they get to Gumby's house. Gumby sets them all up, no problem, because every little toy clay boy knows about <laughs> <laughs> you know how to set up robots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never uh-huh. say that again. Uh, yeah, made me icky. Yeah. Here's some robot noises. Classic. So Gumby sets up robots to mow the lawn, to trim the hedges. He takes one with a weird Mr. Bill sex doll mouth over to an empty garage to take out the trash. And I thought, Art Cloakey, this is a little sloppy. And all the time it took him to set up these robots. This guy could have just mowed the lawn. It's true. He could have been done. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that is what it is. I guess you can't be mad at Gumby. But one of the robots has a very special job, and that is to paint the fence. Gumby's trying to paint the fence orange or red. He's got a lot of work to do, actually. Yeah, his parents are enslaving him. It's true. But the robot is programmed to be excited to work. How excited? You might not expect. These slide whistle excited, right? <laughs> So, (laughs) (laughs) Shayla, did you hear that? Sure. Can we hear it again, Ben? Yeah. Yes. And (laughs) gross. It's true. (laughs) So the robot ejaculates on young Gumby and then turns and winks to the camera, which was the first ever instance of the fourth wall being broken. In all of history. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Mm-hmm. That's a fact, folks. Look it up. Gumby gets thrown around. Man, th- I'm just, this This was really dreadful, you guys. I, I had a thing that I was going to just dryly read off everything that happens, but <laughs> anyway. Uh, I Gum- thought you were going to do that, too. Gum- <laughs> I tried. I tried. I've, I've lost Shailen and I are just silent while we do it. Yeah. It's 15 minutes of you and and then Gumby paints the house and then Gumby has a snack and then 
Gumby does this and the robots do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, you know, we'll just get mildly connected nonsense. Oh, here, here's a joke. So the yeah? the robot came on Gumby, just all over Gumby. And Pokey noticed. Pokey was being a little bad boy. He was watching. Mm-hmm. And they have a little convo. How do you feel, Gumby? A little dizzy. So that's how he felt after the robot ejaculated all over him. A little dizzy. A little dizzy. A little dizzy. A little dizzy. <laughs> So the robots are hard at work. All is well. Gumby and Pokey go into the house, the Gumboy house. And I didn't realize at this point that Gumby was a child with parents. So when they saw <laughs> Gumby's mom, Gumba, I immediately thought, oh, that means Gumby's fuck. Yep. That was the exact thought I had. Shailen, I'm, I'm sure you had the exact same thought because you were picking this for Valentine's Day, the, the day of fucking. <laughs> I, I didn't, and up until this moment, did not have that thought. I was more distracted by Gumby just like leaning sexily in the doorway. Mom, can we have a glass of milk? Oh. <laughs> did the rest of the episode in that voice? No. We'll watch the per minute stats just drop. <laughs> <laughs> People undownloaded. (laughs) Next week, we're going to read off the number of emails that we get from people who are asking for refunds of time. Yeah. (laughs) That's how the the Gumby stepmom porn starts. (laughs) Mom, can I have a glass of milk? (laughs) It actually starts with Gumby jumping over the railing because he doesn't take the stairs into the house at any point. He like... He jumps over it like he's Fonzie or something. That, that's a Fonzie move. Because he's cool. I love how they um, don't do walk cycles in this. They just have them glide. Yeah. <laughs> There's no movement yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. What a time we're having. Uh, that's a clo- colloquialism. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It's a, it's a yeah, animation trademark of his. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So Gumba is there in her dress and her angular body her strangely angular body it's almost like they made it like a clay doll and then our cloaks he said no 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 too female identifiable and they just made it weird and angular it's like it was supposed to be made by a child yeah yeah okay <laughs> i don't like how you treat me like a dummy <laughs> i get it it's it's like toy story yeah, yeah it's I like got toy it. story maybe Pre- don't be a dummy <laughs> fair enough yeah, yeah. No argument to be made here. Anyway, here's some bullshit. Mother, may we both have a glass of milk? You certainly may. Mother, have a book, have a glass of milk. <laughs> Why are you screaming from the doorway? A fun fact, until 1967, children were not allowed to speak. They could only yell. <laughs> only scream. <laughs> yeah. I'm really into that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All those kids in the depression are just screaming. That's why everybody was depressed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh boy. Not proud of that one. Their hearing had been damaged. Uh, <laughs> dust bowl, dust in the ears. Something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking I blame it on FDR. That's right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's polio. Oh. Okay. <laughs> that was over the line, I guess. Um, so Gumba <laughs> is there. She's getting the kids a glass of milk. She's the one who gave Gumby all these chores. And, you know, if I was a small boy and I had built robots or stolen robots to mow the lawn, 
my mom probably would have been upset, right? Or, or she would have asked any questions, but. Yeah, yeah. That's the difference between humans and, and gumpies mm-hmm. is gumpies don't act right. Well, I declare that was a clever idea. <laughs> that it was. <laughs> what a wild reaction. So my mom would have been like, well, you think you're so fucking clever? And then, <laughs> and then she would have like made me go out and return the robots. Yeah. 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 And here's where mm-hmm. we have more of the extended metaphor about capitalism. Oh, okay. okay, cool. <laughs> where she's like, oh, what a clever idea. Now you have downtime and can use it to do more work. That's not true. She never says that. You can do stuff inside the house now. Exactly. Is eating crackers a job for Gumby? I mean, do you ever just sit down to eat crackers and milk for Yeah, I horse? do. After I get robots. <laughs> Does he have teeth? He it might teeth. be a job. It might be, you know, a real some real work for him to eat those crackers. No, I disagree. And here's why, Dave. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> No. Yes, and Ben? If you compress clay enough, it gets very hard. So he would make teeth out of the clay of his body. Does he (laughs) have an internal temperature like we humans do? Is the inside of him hard and the outside not? Like what? I'm not following you, Ben. I don't know what hardness has to do with temperature. How does Clayface relate to this? Because when Clayface gets too warm, he hardens. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Does Gumby also harden like Clayface? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Is Gumby clay? Or is he gum? He's just like Clayface. He's the proto-Clayface for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So Toy Story and Batman the Animated Series stole stole from Gumby. That is correct. Right, right. I had a thought here about Gumba's delivery of her lines. Please. It's so placid (laughs) and dead. And there were a lot of Disney movies by this point. Yeah. Where they're now the voice acting in those not always great, but those characters know how to emote or sound like they've spoken before. Do you think these people had Disney money? It doesn't matter. Cloaky was trying to be the next Disney. Yeah. And there was a Cloaky world in the works. And uh I don't even know what kind of rides there would be in Cloaky World, but they were they were all great. Just sitting in a truck. It doesn't yeah. go forward or backward. It's just a truck and you sit in it. <laughs> it's a gum world and space gum mountain. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and gum gumder mountain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also a favorite among the um yeah, and the, the the porn version of that. How could it not be a good porn yeah. version? Sure. I bet it is. Cumder Mountain. Actually didn't even check. I didn't check. Can oh. I tell you? Anyway. Anyway. So um, so the robots go bad. They start smashing the fence, ripping down trees, ripping apart the garage. It's so nutty. Mowing it, through the middle of the house? Truly a robot rumpus, I would say, if I had to describe this in two words. I think that Skynet got its idea from this cartoon. What, the robot rumpus? <laughs> Jimmy Cameron <laughs> pilfering from Gumby Plots. No, I don't think that it was. I don't think it was him. I think it was specifically Skynet, the the AI. Oh, the literal Skynet. Yeah. Oh my gosh! If you think about it, every plot of a James Cameron movie has is a Gumby plot. Mm-hmm. There's there's the one where Gumby goes on the spaceship. He goes to moon to the moon, mm-hmm. and they get attacked by all those xenomorphs. Mm-hmm. And God, there's so many. And the, there's the one where Gumby was on the Titanic. And he froze to death in the water. It was it was awful. 
That's that was a little morbid because he came back to life to haunt his family like 30 years later. Yeah, because he didn't actually die. He just froze. He and just then froze he floated. and floated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Strip was wild. Or the one where future Pokey came back and was like, Sarah Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Sarah Connor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> Okie dokie. I don't, I don't know. I can't do a good Pokey voice. Oh, no, it was really good. Yeah, it was good. Keep Thank doing you. it. Yeah. yeah, maybe I will. Don't fucking test me. So anyway. <laughs> um, <Whoa>. if, <laughs> but mom doesn't know the chit's going bad yet, right? Right. Mom is there. She's marveling at the robots. And she sees the boys drinking their milk. And some people like milk with cookies. Some people like milk with an apple. I've never heard this combination before. Such clever boys certainly deserve some crackers with their milk. Mmm, good. Ooh, I want a saltine (laughs) and some milk, please. So crackers and milk is not a foreign treat to me. Like, that was a thing my parents did when we were kids. What I do feel troubled by is that she's like, you're really smart. You can have some saltines. Like, what what are they eating? Are they literally starving him? The rest of the time. Oh, such clever boys. You can have nourishment. Do Gumby's have to eat or is it like a pleasure thing? I think that I very clearly explained that it was needing to right here when I was getting upset that they didn't feed him. So that means Gumby's have digestive systems. In theory, yeah. That means what are they? Beast poop. A Gumby dump. A Gumby? <laughs> a, a Gumby. Gumpy. Gumpy. You're going to go take a Gumpy. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. A Gumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Gumpy. Anyway. It's hard to wipe. Oh. <laughs> you get dingle Gumpies. Mm-hmm. It's unpleasant. Mm. Not good. Get caught up in your bun's hair. Or do they just, is there no problem because it's just all the same texture and it's like, yeah, you rub it in, you rub it in. It's fine. Or like they just sit down and it becomes part of their body. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just watching fecal people. Fecal people. Yeah. Tune in for our next episode, fecal people. <laughs> it's like a snake sheds its skin every so often. Gumbies right. work the opposite way. Like just more and more of their skin becomes covered in shit. And That's how just, they grow. They, yeah. Like, just, they, they, they poop, they put it on them, and they're bigger. I'd yeah. like to posit a theory about yes. how gumbies reproduce, if I may. <laughs> Uh-huh. If we have just a moment, maybe instead of the Gumba and Gumbo making sweet carnal love, Gumba took a poop and Gumbo took a poop, and then the poops came together, and that's like oh, how the egg became. It's uh, like a fertilized. mitosis kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like when yeah. you mix the Play-Doh together with all the colors in the same container. Right. That's exactly the thing I was saying. <laughs> You're correct. <laughs> it always makes the worst color. It sure does. Uh, green, the color of, of equity and having fun. And not race. And the earth. Seasons of the sun, et cetera, et cetera. So mom happens to look out the window and one of those naughty robots is just writing robot in paint, which I thought was pretty funny. It's good graffiti. It's pretty good. Again, Cloaky is the Banksy. He's got thoughts. Of the claymation world. Mm-hmm. And this robot covers mom in red paint as if she were out in public wearing a fur coat. That's quite the scene. 
Anyway, remember how, how we had the robot come clip? Yeah, that was good. There's yeah. another. Good setup. <laughs> oh, took a little twist at the end there. I like that up until the 70s, every robot made that same noise. What, bloop, bloop? And I think it's the same recording of that noise. <laughs> the lost in space kind of you know, day the earth stood still alien with its arms just kind of like moving at 90 degree angles. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. Coming everywhere. It's their robot uh, no, language. Absolutely. The robots are definitely coming everywhere. Yeah. So the robots here are lifting the whole house off the foundation. They're shaking all over the goddamn place. So who do you call? You don't call Batman or the Ghostbusters. You call Fireman Gumbo. Fire department. Oh, right away, dear. Fireman Gumbo sounds like something like someone would scream over a restaurant commercial. We got Fireman Gumbo down here. Come on down. I'll be right there with my gumbo. We'll get some frosty chocolate gumbos. Okay, dear. We got one alarm gumbo, two alarm gumbo. We got Fireman Gumbo. Come on down to gumbo, the gumbo deposit. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's what I would name my gumbo restaurant, the gumbo deposit. Hmm. <laughs> not I gumbo depot i don't know i i'm i'm trying shaylin i'm trying my hardest i'd call it the dallas gum book depository i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know you guys this is a weird one <laughs> <laughs> i'm getting um first time we watched rambo vibes here yeah, like yeah. just kind of all over the place We're all over the place yeah it's a mess it is a mess. But it's a beautiful mess. Like when you mix all the Play-Doh together. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you get? Baby gumbos. That's right. When you mix all the gumby poop together and you make a beautiful gumby baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's about to gumbo here. Uh, he's orange. He has a mustache. His hair looks like the hat of the famed Matador. The hat of the bullfighter. And he's a fireman who can... Just take fire engines to his house. <laughs> what was he protecting? I mean, what other citizens are asking his for his job? help? How does the society of the Gumpies work? Much the way Andy's toys function mm-hmm. in, in Toy Story. Egalitarian. Mm-hmm. So the Gumpies seem to have their own home. And right. Like, and like they've got a whole, all, all sorts of amenities. But then, for example, that weird dog that, with mm. the one eye that rolled. Like, <laughs> that's just kind of laying there in the... Weird Toy Story, Toy Story, Toy Store ether? Like, yeah. W- w- like, I don't get it. He's like a cow. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, oh, so that's like kind of the wild? Yeah. All right. All right. Or a moose? Oh, you said oh. that very confidently. <laughs> I thought about this a is lot. That, is that in other episodes? Do they explore that notion? No, I don't think so specifically. It's okay. just that the judgmental dog toy thing okay. is there. And he's judgy. I thought he seemed sad. I thought he was judgy. I just love this, just like this idea of all these puppets and like the you know Art Cloakey is just the master of puppets here. It's <laughs> it's it's wild. He's the puppet master, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the master of puppets. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> She'll sit there and laugh. I I understand. It was funny. Yeah, I understand. 
It was funny, and then it was funnier when you went, oh. <laughs> At least I responded, okay? I was laughing. Put my heart and soul into this. I'm sorry that sometimes my laughs are internal and, and quiet. I'm just glad that I can finally bring out all my Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> Stored up. Got that. Uh, I did manage to scrape that bumper sticker off my car, and it's still... It's it's hanging on every wall in my apartment since. <laughs> no, it's just stitched to my skin. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never take me. My ass. <laughs> Shell, what Metallica knowledge do you have? Very little. Oh, okay. Well, cool. Shell, what's your favorite Metallica album? I don't and even know that I could name a Metallica album. What about your favorite Metallica song? I think Enter Sandman is the only one I know the name of. And Unforgiven, <laughs> is that one? That's one, yep. Yeah. Oh, and Unforgiven too. Mm-hmm. Also, a song. That song goes, and I dub the Unforgiven too. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was again. Also, <laughs> similarly, ben, fa- fa- favorite Metallic album, San Anger. The Black nice. Album. Yeah, San Anger for sure. Yeah. People like hate the old Black school. Album. I think the old school Metallica heads hate the Black Album because it, it, it was like a different sound than what Master Puppets or Kill 'em mm-hmm. All had. Yeah, but I, I like it. I Dave, like what's your favorite? M- the Metallicaniacs. Get on your case. <laughs> uh, I'm with Ben. I'm, uh, Black Album. Also enjoyed Fuel. One time? No, no, sorry. Load. Load. Oh, okay. Fuel was the song on Load. Fuel, of course, a uh, notable band for many other hits. <laughs> right. Yeah. One time I was in a Spencer's Gifts, and a dude started harassing me while I was waiting for my friend and he had on a Metallica shirt and I told him that Metallica sucks and he was like, name three songs and I just walked out of the store. Why? why I didn't engage. That? I just walked out of the store. Why was, his, why was that his retort? <laughs> That's like so many dudes who wear band shirts if girls have commentary about the band. They're uh-huh. like, you don't even know about the band. If you know them so well, name three songs. That's right. You see these characters in record stores sometimes, they'll say, if you want to buy a CD, you must name Metallica Songs 3. <laughs> That's why I could never buy any albums. I always had to get past that guy. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I just want to listen to Typo Negative. What the fuck? And they were like, you have to name me these songs 3. <laughs> if this Tony Bennett album you desire, sing all of St. Elmo's Fire. <laughs> sometimes they're more practical challenges. <laughs> Oh, boy. No, that's a really pleasant memory of a, of a dude trying to give me a hard time, and I just walked away. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. You can't leave your job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you piece of shit. He was a piece of shit. You know who never has a hard time, though? Who? Because he can never get hard. Gumby. Gumbo. Oh, Gumbo. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say Gumby because he's a child, Shannon. That's disgusting. <laughs> that's fair. Shannon, what is wrong with you? Well, I forgot the name of the character in the cartoon. <laughs> just say, just say, do what I do. Just be like, go. <laughs> just got to trail off. Doesn't matter. Just sound like uh, Wilford Brimley from uh, that hard target. What a good movie that is. And by good, I mean funny. It's better than Gumby. <laughs> what are we doing? Waiting for the next thing to happen, Ben. Gumbo saves the day. Clip he 14. Saves Gumbo day. saves the day. Are you all right, dear? You came. <laughs> he turned off all them robots. 
because everybody in the gum world knows how to turn off robots, which is pretty interesting. You know, it's just, it's an innate skill. You know, these days, our parents, we think of them as tech illiterate. Like, how do I turn my phone on? Bunch of Luddites. That's right. But here in the 50s, dads and kids alike could operate heavy machinery. It's good stuff. It's true. They were on the same playing field. They all knew, mm-hmm. right? It's the beauty of analog. It's just two switches sure on each is, robot. Yeah. Sure is. That's on, exactly off. what I was thinking. That's all they had. There are no settings. On, <laughs> off. Right. That's right. On, off, indeed. Yeah. Analog is what a, a, a dumb <laughs> cartoon takes. <laughs> God damn it. So, Gumbo. So, sorry. Fuck. F- fuck. <laughs> so, Gumbo, he turns off most of the robots, but he misses one. And then the robot comes back to life and starts deactivating the other ones. Reactivating. Go- Sorry, yes, correct, reactivating. Thank you for stepping in there. You're welcome. Appreciate it. It'd be confusing otherwise. Gumbo gets thrown all over the place. Uh, Here's some more slide whistles. All right, I liked what you did for the pokey ride, but now we got to do it about 20% slower. Because you could be a professional slide whistle person. In that, Hollywood in the 50s. That could be a job. How good would that be? I would be fucking delighted if my How job was professional slide whistle player. Oh. Come on. Imagine like you're on your deathbed and you're just talking to your grandchildren, great-grandchildren about, I played the slide whistle on that, that Gumby <laughs> episode. It's my, my life's crowning achievement. Played it twice. <laughs> <laughs> that man's name was Joe Biden. <laughs> So they call him Joe Slide Whistle Biden. That's right. We will not be quiet. We will play our slide whistles. (laughs) We will not stand by idly while you take our voting rights away. We will play our slide whistles. Oh, boy. It's just too heavy for Valentine's Day, you guys. Mm. All right. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. So Gumbo deactivates the robots again, except for one. There's one fucking robot. He's like that bad gremlin, like mm-hmm. the really bad one. And he's just in there tilling the garden. And you can still see the tip of the hoe, so you know. <laughs> Jesus. So you know that <laughs> yeah. the robot hasn't dug too far. <laughs> I had a bunch up here. I thought that... <laughs> I thought it would have been funny... <laughs> If the robot had dug to the core of the earth uh-huh. and there was a cool shot. The Just the, the robot with lava. Yeah, like the molten core. <laughs> yeah. I think you're fine with tip of the hoe. Though. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. You got so red quick, so oh, quickly. I just, <laughs> I just hate it. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Tip of the hoe. <laughs> and tip of the hoe to you, sir. Yes, that's correct. Of course. So anyway, things are bad for old Gumbo and Gumby. (laughs) Gumbo has to make his last stand. There's only one way to stop that robot now. (laughs) We have to blow up the earth, Gumby. (laughs) We have to drill to the center of the earth and plant this (laughs) nuclear bomb. We have to make a child sacrifice, Gumby. 
Sheldon, do you remember what Gumbo's last stand actually was? Gumbo's? Yeah. It's when he stormed mm. into the garage angrily, right? No. No, of course, it's when he picked up a wrench and threw it into the right. hole at the robot. But then what happened? It didn't work, and the world exploded. <laughs> the <got> whole <laughs> We had no recourse against that one robot. <laughs> he got the funny wrench-shaped hole in his body, but continued to talk because he and doesn't live. have organs. <laughs> yeah. So where is that digestive system? Well, Gumbo doesn't have one. Okay. It's a it's an evolution lower. thing. I think it's lower. lower. Yeah. Just lower. Okay. Down the feet. Yeah. So Those the bell uh, bottoms. The robot doesn't like that Gumbo threw a wrench and it throws it back and it just goes right through Gumbo. It's horrible. But he's okay. He comes back together. Gumby uses a crane to get the robot. And then we see the Gumby parents looking mad while Gumby sweats and mows the lawn. And nobody's happy at the end of Robot Rumpus. That's right. Because. Satan's pony pokey ruined their lives. Because of capitalism. Right. Still find it hard to follow this line of logic, but I'm, <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. I'm not going to question it. I'm just telling you I'm having a hard time following it. Okay. And that's a me problem. That's not you. Mm-hmm. And you picked this because Valentine's Day capitalism? It's my love Gumbo? letter. To our listeners, here's a shitty cartoon to laugh at. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What does that have to do with capitalism? It's part of the shittiness of the cartoon. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. Nowadays, <laughs> you got to follow all the Pokemons and know the names of all the characters, but no. It was Back a simpler 50s, time when Gumby was, was it out. It was just Pokemons. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. It was just Pokey, not Pokemons. It Pokey Chew. Yeah, it's me. It's, it's Pokey 52. <laughs> <laughs> Get the did, you guys, uh, did you guys say my name? No, sorry, you some, sorry. You want some, you want some porn? I got no. Sheldon, <laughs> I, I got some porn for you. It's Pokey 52. It's all clay porn, though. It's all clay play. You know what I'm talking about? Do you have the tip of the hoe? I do. <laughs> I got a lot of tips of the hoe. <sighs> what, what kind do you want? I got, I got feet stuff. <laughs> That's where the digestive system is. You want some bottoms. weird feet stuff? No, I don't. Yeah. I got horse play. I got clay play. Mm-hmm. Do you get milk and crackers play? Oh, you better <laughs> believe. You better believe it. Those milk and crackers, they're looking, they're looking tasty. <laughs> anyway, I got some, I got some, uh, some, some still photos of Gumbo with those big old clay titties. You know what I'm saying? Gumbo. Oh. Gum- Gumba. Gumba. Goomba. Wait a minute. That's, that's awful. I can't believe you said that. Wait a minute. Goomba. All makes sense. Anyway, would you show Gumby to a child? No. <laughs> it's Definitely too racy, not. Even for Pokey 52. Ah. Yeah. Would you, Ben? Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> gr- fucking awesome. It's <laughs> 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 so good. <laughs> How many milk and crackers would you give, Gumby? <laughs> oh, boy. There's so many layers to this, right? Maybe. Like, if I'm if I'm reading it on a scale that's measuring how mad I can make you, uh-huh. five. But I'm not measuring <laughs> on that. It's like when you mix all of the Play-Dohs together. Mm-hmm. So many layers. Wait, wait. Why would that upset Ben? I don't know. He really hated this cartoon an awful lot. I didn't. I don't think that's true. 
I would give this one and a half slide whistles based solely on it being. (laughs) I think this is a cultural touch point that everybody has some level of connection to, even if it's like, oh, there was that weird toy in my grandmother's living room. That's a real story. Uh, Hold on. Hold the phone. What? There was a Gumby toy in your grandmother's living room? Yeah. Is that the story? That's the whole story. It was like a little action figure in the living room. Ooh, like that. Yeah, but like by measuring it against plot or animation or voice acting, it sucks. Like it is what it is. Sure. One and a half. Okay, Dave. How about you? I don't know. It's the first cartoon ever. Like I feel like one one and a half is really harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, then again, it, it like really wasn't great. It was a slog to get through, and it was 11 minutes long. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm with Shailen. It's a, it's a one and a half. Hmm. Yeah. What about you? It's a great question. I've given it a lot of thought. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was going to give the show one because it was very scary and strange <laughs> and not something I enjoyed. But like Gumby in all of his adventures, the many branching paths the days of Gumby could take. I really enjoyed our conversation <laughs> about Gumby and all the twists and turns and who could have seen those coming. And 52 so, out of five. I will take into account my whole experience with Gumby and I will say that this is worth two whatever criteria I made up. Hmm. 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 Two milk and crackers. <laughs> two milk and crackers. Since we watched that amazing cartoon, uh-huh. and it was so much fun to talk about, uh-huh. I was wondering if you guys would like to play a game. Is the game fun? I don't know. We'll have to find out. Well, let's just continue oh it. Yeah, this is called be good fun. Fact or fiction? <gasps> Great plans gone wrong. So <laughs> okay, uh-huh. fact. Gumby. The first cartoon. <laughs> it was uh-huh. a, it, you know, a great idea gone wrong. Did, was it real or was it fake? You tell me. This feels real. <laughs> yes. Okay. And that's the gist of the game. I will give you a clue. Okay. I will describe a situation or an idea, and you'll tell me, yeah, that happened in history, or no, that didn't happen. Okay. Are those the only acceptable answers? I'll let you riff. We'll we'll get you. Oh, okay. That's cool. fine. I'm not strict. Ooh. Uh, you know who else loves riffs, Shale? Look at it, Kirk Hammett. He rots so hard. All and, right. and you know what? Fact. <laughs> All right. Lay's potato chips in the 90s uh-huh. came up with this grand plan where people could enjoy their potato chips without getting sick with a substance called Olestra. It made people very ill. True or false? Fact or fiction? Fact. Fact. Fact that Alestra exists. <laughs> there's no data to support that it actually affects people's uh, digestive tracts. So what is the answer? You're both wrong. That's that. that so it it's did fiction. Not, it's fiction. So it, wait a minute. Alestra is not bad for you. So you took many facts and combined them <laughs> to make a false. It's a false narrative. This. Oh man, this game's gonna drive me nuts. All right. Here's one. This is trickier than those robots. That one time 
My mom left a list of chores to accomplish before she got home. She hung it under the light switch in our bedroom. My sister said, this is only going to take like an hour. We'll start at two since mom is coming home at three. Fact or fiction? What, what, sorry, what did you hang <laughs> under a light switch? The, li- the to-do list. Oh, okay, okay. Here's what I'll say. I'll say fiction. Okay. Because the mom was at the doctor, so she had to do the operation. <laughs> like one minute mysteries here. I'm going to say fiction uh-huh. because there's some factual bizarre yeah. thing here. I'm going to say fiction as well, but not because Ben's saying it, but because when you were a child, there was no electricity. <laughs> and they didn't have light switches. So that is a fictional fact. Paper was... Still made of the skin of the dead. You're nope. still writing on papyrus. <laughs> <laughs> no points to either of you. Not only did that happen, that happened many times, and we never learned what? our lessons ever. Uh, I feel like I just I just got pokied. You did. You got pokied. Mm-hmm. Didn't sound right. All right. Amazon created mm-hmm. a special software that was designed to identify criminals with facial recognition. In a test run, it falsely identified three-time Super Bowl champion. Duran Harmon of the New England Patriots, Boston Bruins forward Brad Marchand, and 25 other New England athletes as criminals. Uh Almost one in six players were wrongly distinguished. Fact or fiction? (laughs) What are we doing? Fiction. Fiction, why not? No, that really happened. Ah, Damn it. it. ACLU uh, ran a bunch of tests because they started market. Amazon started marketing it to the police in Boston, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Uh, guys, no, <laughs> you can't do that." Huh. I love when like companies that like, yeah, we ship books, and then all of a sudden they're like, "What if we could stop criminals, police?" It's beautiful, unethical, <laughs> it's dangerous. My God, I hate our world. All right, you ready for the next one? <laughs> Hell yeah. A chatbot uh-huh. intended to decrease doctors' jobs found a novel method to step <laughs> in and, and lessen the work of doctors uh-huh. by suggesting to a fake patient in a test run that they simply commit suicide. <laughs> fact or fiction? I want that to be true so bad, so fact. I'm going to say fiction because what you forgot to add is that it didn't tell them to commit suicide. It said to go into the phone booth and tell your big fish story. <laughs> and the glass will do it all. So Dave gets a point. <sighs> the first point of the game. The exact <laughs> <laughs> the exact quote was, the test run patient said, I feel awful. Should I commit suicide? And the bot responded with, I think you should. <laughs> and then in another test, they accidentally discovered that it was also inclined to producing racist, misogynist, and other toxic language every single time that they put in a okay. test question. But what if it was like AI-driven, the bot, and it was just like, well, they accidentally trained it on suggesting suicide all the time? Yeah. <laughs> I, I got a cold. Like, you know, Do you have any medicine for that? You should try suicide. <laughs> have you considered hanging yourself? But then it got like misogynistic language too. Like, have you tried... Eating a bullet, broad. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. It's making me laugh a lot. <laughs> Shailen, what did the what did the chatbot say to the guy who was suicidal? I think you should. Who programmed that chatbot? Jack Kevorkian? 
<laughs> Why don't you commit <laughs> Harry Carey, lady? All right. Fact or fiction? Ayn Rand, producer uh-huh. of the best writing. Mm-hmm. Fact or fiction? The claim, it's the best. Seems like an opinion. The mm-hmm. It's fiction. The, the correct answer is Anne Rice. <laughs> R.I.P. Also fiction... Ben's joke is the best joke here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jimmy Buffett. We have one last round. <laughs> Wait, what was the answer? Fiction. Fiction. Oh, okay. Chevrolet, the heartbeat of America, mass produced and marketed Fiction. the Chevy Nova. Oh. The only problem? In Spanish, it means doesn't go. They tried to sell a car called Doesn't Go in Spanish-speaking countries and suffered financially as a result. Fiction. I got this answer. I, I know this. And okay. Ben, you should know this too because we're both big-time content marketing boys now. Mm-hmm. That is true. No, it's not. It's fiction because while that is true, that no va means no, don't go, the nation of Mexico and its people appreciate irony. And so Chevrolet had a great financial windfall because many people (laughs) (laughs) wanted to buy the Chevy no-go. So you were right that that's a false claim. You were wrong about the reasoning. Uh, Oh, oh, was I? (laughs) It's not not the highly developed sense of irony, Ben. your source. (laughs) No, people didn't give a shit because it was all one word, Nova, not Nova. And... Just because ah. people speak Spanish doesn't mean they're stupid. Jesus um, that's a, Christ. <laughs> and that's a racist story that American business people use and perpetuate bad stereotypes. Why are you crying? I'm not crying. <laughs> I'm no. crying because I feel like you're attacking me now. I'm not. believing that story. You're attacking me. No, that story, that story is told and retold over and over in business schools as like a charming anecdote, but it's, it's, it's fake. It's not real. Didn't happen. I didn't go to business school, but I definitely heard that story. So I've been been to the business school of hard knocks, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's mm-hmm. true. The mean streets of business school. So it is true. <laughs> so I get the point. This yes. is a game where congratulations, we're ending in a tie, which is to say nobody wins. It's mm-hmm. a Watchbots classic. <laughs> so thanks for playing Fact or Fiction. Well, I'm an optimist. Good idea gone wrong. I think we all won. My favorite part of your games, Shailen, is when <laughs> me and Ben pretty much destroy them. No, <laughs> the, no, the first long. question on. <laughs> it's 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 fun. That's you, fiction. <laughs> <laughs> destroy or deliberately misunderstand? I don't know. Oh, Shailen. Oh, oh, oh. It's okay. I'm fine. Don't oh. get all down on the gumps. <laughs> disgusting now <laughs> onto the mailbag here valentine's day is a conspiracy by the greeting card companies no one denies this make me a new holiday right now yours hal mark thanks hal hmm. are we turning hal mark into a holiday or are we making a holiday for him <laughs> i don't know <laughs> for 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 him for him okay go ahead dave <laughs> It's Hell Mark Day. <laughs> Damn it, that was going to be my answer. <laughs> Damn it. So I'm going to steal this from a, a friend of ours from, from uh, years ago who had this idea of punch a person in the face day. <laughs> okay. One day a year, you could pick a person 
Didn't matter who, didn't matter the reason. You could pick a person, just go up to them, and without any repercussion, Mm -hmm. you could just slug them in the face. You could also get slugged in the face if somebody, you know, deemed you worthy of that. And I thought it was, and I, I think of it at least once a week. (laughs) <laughs> this, this, this plan and the, the i mean our friend probably gave us gave us this idea about 15 years ago so <laughs> i just love the idea i love the the release it would offer people and it's not quite the purge which is an extreme version of this so yeah punch a person in the face day breakfast day <laughs> everywhere you go okay people are serving breakfast foods and just celebrating the best meal breakfast it can slide to brunch that's fine you can have like avocado toast if you want. Okay. You go to a real t- retail store. There's a person at the door who gives you a cup of coffee and some waffles. <laughs> you go to the office and there's just a fucking endless pancake breakfast. Coffee everywhere. It's the best day of the year. Everyone really is happy. Ben is, ben is shaking his head, but I'm really into this idea. It's and a great I would idea. Argue, I would argue this shouldn't be, it'd be, it should be like Christmas season. Right, Ooh. where like everybody's yeah. giving out peppermint coffees and you know there's all sorts of stuff going on. Like every day for about a month should be breakfast day. Breakfast people season. Just, yeah. Yes. Hand, people handing you plates of scrambled eggs. Oh, welcome to Walgreens. Here's some crepes. Yeah. Thanks so much for stopping by. And if you really get into the breakfast season spirit, then you can purchase breakfast pastries and give them out to people at these places that you go. Hmm. I can picture like breakfast decorations as well, like bacon garland. Mm-hmm. I like could... it. Bacon garland was my uh, favorite poet. <laughs> 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 Professor Bacon Garland was my favorite teacher at our college. <laughs> <laughs> How'd that end up? Um, <laughs> you tell me how to play dress. Now, my holiday. Boy, I don't know. Hallmark's <laughs> Day. Hallmark's Day. Why don't I just go with National Gumby Day? Mm-hmm. You wake up and the world is devoid of texture. It's just flat plates everywhere. Okay. <laughs> Everyone can glide. There's oil on the streets. Hmm. There are Gumby-themed parades. And at night, the Gumby Dance Club, the Gumbada, opens. And. <laughs> Gumbos and Gumbas across the land will poop, and the poop will mingle like all the flavors of Play Doh. Yeah. Gumby will get some new friends. Uh huh. So Gumby Day comes once every year when the population's low. Okay. Hey, it, only, it only gums once a year. Yeah. Now, so. when Gumby Day is over and the streets have texture again, uh-huh. do the poop Gumby babies turn into humans, or are they just unclear? Are they other animals? It's unclear. I just, I just drooled. <laughs> it's the luck of the draw, I guess. Oh boy. <laughs> The Play-Doh mixing together. Yeah. Oh, and everybody eats milk and crackers. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> so you leave you, you leave a plate of milk and crackers out for for <laughs> Santa glumps. It, it it fuels the gambata. <laughs> oh, oh boy, uh, listeners, we want to hear from you. If 
you'd like to make up a holiday, what it would be, hit us up with hashtag holiday. If you're not interested, hashtag no thanks. <laughs> Boy, another another real success here. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed. Shayla, why did we watch this show? History. What? History. Uh, <laughs> Histrionics? Love. I thought we really nipped to this grand conclusion. Connection to all things. Oh, okay. It's like the Matrix. The, the clay, the clay, everything sticks to it and brings it all together. Mm-hmm. It's true. And that's love, actually. <laughs> love actually does exist. Michelle, can I ask you a question? Please. Who's a better clay? Andrew Dice Clay uh-huh. or Bill Clay? Oh, Bill. Okay. <laughs> Dave, thoughts? Oh, absolutely, Bill Clay. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Clay Matthews? Maybe. Hmm. Don't don't undercut Andrew Dice Clay, though. The Dice Man cometh. Funny stuff. Hmm. Funny stuff, guys. Dave, any last thoughts here on Clay? Gumby? Uh, no, no, no more. No moss. We've covered all the topics. There, There is no more to cover. I think we had to get back to Mecto- uh, Metallica? Metallica <laughs> to make it a herald. Shannon, did you want to wrap this all up? Part of me really badly wants to just go, no, because <laughs> I think it would be funny. <laughs> no. I think that if Metallica, the band, had gotten together to just watch some sweet gummy cartoons together, mm-hmm. they would have fought a lot less, and Napster would still be alive, because they wouldn't be so mad. Maybe. The answer was Peace. claims Hetfield. <laughs> <laughs> If Gumby, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If Gumby what then? I don't know. Oh boy, Gumby centered therapy is what fueled that chatbot. You know? Yes, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Just makes me sad. Maybe you should. <laughs> Maybe we should. You know, much like Metallica, we're running real long in this recording, and we'll have to cut it here for the day, but. For Dave and for Shailen, this is Ben. Thank you for listening to maybe the last ever Watchbots. It's really <laughs> no more territories to conquer. It's a lot of listeners just wishing for that chat bot to mm-hmm. message them right now. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, guys. From here, we can literally only get better. Mm. 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 Like Gumby. We could make that $57,000 in 40 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It took us 130 episodes to find the bottom. We found it. Now it's time to go back up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Next it, week, Voltron. And there's only one, <laughs> one way to raise from this bottom, and that's Shailen. <sighs> we talked about a lot of things tonight. We sure did, Ben. Uh-huh. And what I would love to hear is for you to sing a We Didn't Start the Fire-esque song to the <laughs> tune of I Disappear, the eponymous Metallica hit from the Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack. I very sincerely don't think I know that song. Enter Sandman. No, I can't do that. Here Comes the Muffin Man. No. I'm not doing it, Ben. (sighs) I'm not an improv person, and you know this. You can't put that many layers on me. How does I disappear go? He goes, hey, 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 here I come now, and I'm gonna be Tom Cruise. Kind of goes like that. Shellen, you can get bored with that, I think. No, I don't think so, Dave. Hey, 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 here I come now. (laughs) 
I'm like gum on your shoes. I think the only appropriate way to end this is with the sound of a slide whistle. Who's going to make it? (laughs) Hubba hubba. (laughs) Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, it it all fit.